And by the way, the golfing or yachting or whatever, you know, lights you up time is the time when your brain is really digesting what is happening, is your creative time, is the time that allows you to take that perspective from the day-by-day issues. And then when you come back to work, you have a clearer picture of what's happening because you are detached. You are not, when you are in the weeds, you are in the weeds. So you have to get out, take the perspective, have that the brain needs that time, by the way, otherwise you burn out. Welcome to 7 to 8, our special series on 7 to 8 figure entrepreneurs. In this special series, I interview million dollars, some $10 million, and even some million dollar business owners who uncover their twists and turns in their entrepreneurial adventure in order to help you to avoid the potholes and stick to the fast track. Welcome now to Center Stage, our next special guest. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Angela. Angela, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for this invitation. I'm excited as well. Excellent. So give us the highlight of who you are and what you do for business now. So who I am, I am the Dolce Vita leadership expert, and I'm Italian based in Italy, working all over the world. And what I do, I empower the type A leaders to uh, create their success and continue to have success by living and leading the Dolce Vita way, which means they don't have to give up their life and health for creating their success. Nice. I love it. So how did you get into leadership as a thing? Uh, I got into leadership because I started with my family business and I was a leader inside the family business. So um, this was a a huge company, one of the top 10 Italian company in the automotive uh, dealership uh, arena with half a million in revenue. (laughs) So we had all the Ferrari, Maserati, all the luxury, the fun cars. In that um, in that place, and uh, as uh, a member of the family, as we do generally here in Italy, but I guess also in the United States, we divide the roles. And my role was in the HR and organizational development. And um, I started from the bottom, but then I skyrocketed to the <laughs> to the leadership and to the board of directors. So this is why. Leadership has also always been my cup of tea, as we say. <laughs> nice. I love that. So in my experience, it's actually harder to work and grow in your leadership in a family-run business than it is in a typical business where everybody sees you as a peer, whereas typically in a family-run business, there's a whole lot more dynamics going on there. So what was it like for you to actually go up the corporate ladder within your own business? was it was a really a challenge and i totally agree with you because the we have a double challenge we have the challenge well maybe three challenges the challenge of being a leader in a regular business the challenge of being a woman leader in a boys club uh, especially when the the role models are those you know like hard type you know old man uh, style which are not our uh, style our natural style and the third is because yes the family 
is another thing. So you have to balance your role as a leader and the role as a family member. And whatever you say and the way you show up has to be respectful of everything, of your role in the businesses, of your role in the family. Because if you say the wrong thing, let's say, you know, during a meeting, a board meeting, then, you know, the, there is, a, there is a, um, a, a side effect in the family relationship. Also, uh, your employees don't see you as a regular leader, but they see you as the person who says the right thing. So you also have the responsibility to say the right thing. And sometimes um, they have an excuse. She said that, he said that because they are family members and it's right, but sometimes it's not right and nobody is telling you, you know, the right feedback. Well, absolutely. And, and there's nothing worse for employees than getting in between the he said, she said of the family knots, if you will. <laughs> right. So when, when you um, decided to come out and start your own business, what did that look like? Huh. It, it was a real another challenge because when you are working in your family business inside that idea, you know, I was telling you where nobody is really telling you what they think because you are a member of the family and you are not getting uh, the feedback all the time. My first fear was, am I able to do what I want to do in the real world, you know, like quote unquote, where you know, you're not having all the people saying the, 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 the nice thing to you. So it was, I had that fear and I started pushing, 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 pushing to prove myself and to prove other people that I was capable of doing what I wanted to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. So did you go straight into the consulting realm of things or was there kind of a, uh, <laughs> path I, no I just went straight because I just leveraged my skills mm -hmm. my expertise and I started uh working mainly as an independent contractor for other consultancy companies because I didn't have you know like um uh, a client base and the thing is that I have also to change region because I was too much identified with the family business and uh, and it was very difficult to 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 keep the the different roles detached. So I started working, you know, like all around Italy and ultimately I didn't really like to commute all the time because I'm all for the Dolce Vita for a good way of life and I didn't have a good way of life at all. So in uh, 2016, I, uh, I decided to um, to pivot all my business online. Wow. Yes. And I was so you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> yes. You know, all the Italians were saying it's impossible to do consulting, coaching, mentoring or whatever online. But I proved them that it was possible. Well, and I would think that it would be even harder in Italy than it would be in America because culturally you're so dependent on that 
the personal feedback, the hugs, the the sign language, the, the whole experience of a meeting, as opposed to in the States where it tends to be a little more, let's just get down to business kind of thing. Yeah, really. This is one, one of the obstacles that I found. The second one is our mentality is I do it all and I do it by myself. So Italians, we, we don't have a coaching and mentoring culture. So it's it's like, you know, I throw you in the ocean and if you start, if you learn to, to, to swim, it's all very well. If you don't learn, it's your problem. So, yeah. So um, clients and people, you know, are like, shall I do that? I don't do, I'm weak. And you really have to teach them. And, you know, like you are a leader, the the strongest uh, thing, the strongest move that you can do for yourself is to, is to ask for help because as a leader, as a top leader, you are lonely. You cannot share with anyone. You cannot share with your family members, with your employees, with you, with the other stakeholder. So you need a trusted advisor to talk to. So, so hard. So this is when, you know, I also decided to open up to the international uh, market and it came with the pandemic where all the world was connected on Zoom and I got, you know, some random international clients and I said, well, why not? Why not opening to the international? And I, because I feel that I'm more international than only Italian. Nice. I love it. So what kind of businesses do you love to work with or are typically attracted to you? Um. Well, I like the um, manufacturers. Of course, I come from the I come from the automotive, so the automotive is, is still in my heart. And um, yeah, I really prefer the manufacturing than the service based business because I like the you know all the the, the production and the processes and and all that. Um, but mostly, I like to work with the Type A people that are as I was when I was, you know, like back in the days in the automotive, always on the go, always pushing, pushing, pushing. But then as I had to change everything in my life, because everything was amazing on the outside, but I started having some personal issues and I had to say, okay, so mm, am I, you know, is it worthwhile to, um, you know, like waste your life to give up your life and your health for success. No, there is, there should be another way to be successful. And this is when I pivoted everything and I started creating my methodology, working on system skills, mindset and lifestyle, which now I called the Dolce Vita, where Vita is an acronym, which means life and Dolce is sweet is uh, an acronym for vitality, inspiration, techniques, and assets, which are the four pillars that are aligned and in balance when you have a Dolce Vita success. Nice, I love that. So when you're working with somebody, is it primarily when they've come to that point where they're like, there's gotta be a better way to live. <laughs> there's gotta be a better way to do business. Is there that are, kind of the yes. turning point? Yes, generally, yes, because my kind of clients are those who they know it all. It's always other people's fault. <laughs> they are on the go-go, they're controllers, they, you know, they want to micromanage. And when something is not working, it's the other people. So they don't understand rationally that they have to make this bold move. And sometimes they also, you know, think that it's weak 
to ask for help. Then when they hit a wall, and generally somebody else is telling them, you know what, you probably do something for yourself. And they say, oh, yes, I agree. Yes, they come to me. Nice. So what kind of mistakes other than kind of not getting help and blaming other people <laughs> are they? What are they kind of experiencing in their life? Is it because usually it's it's not necessarily the business is going downhill. Sometimes it's just stagnant. Like what kind of things are they experiencing in their life that are telltale signs? Um, for instance, um, their family is starting to complain. They are realizing that they are bragging for you know the number of hours that they're working but secretly they would love to do something different they would you know they understand that they have no time for their relationship they cannot set boundaries from you know work and life and say they're with their kids but they're watching their their smartphone all the time and these are typical these are typical signs and maybe they are going through a divorce or health issues, so not necessarily in the business. In the business, main also people are starting to resign. So when it's one person is resigning, two person are resigning, it's a problem. When if I am a boss and all my team are resigning, probably it's my problem. Mm -hmm. Right. So and, and is it typically kind of quote unquote, an attitude problem, something that's being projected in the meetings or things like that, or can it be a little more elusive than that? Mm -hmm. I think it's it can be a little bit more elusive. Well, and you know what? There is also sometimes, there is also a word issue. Mm -hmm. They have, they believe that they have to push, 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 and to be super busy to feel successful because they are conforming to that standard, you know, to that uh, idea that if you are super busy, uh, you are successful only if you are super busy. And I tell you, this is old. This is the old paradigm. The world is going on a totally different direction. It's, so if they're still there, they're missing a train. Mm -hmm. well, I, and I... I... I think that hits a lot of people because they're going, well, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. And I've got too much stuff to do. Therefore I'm important. And I'm like, well, if you were that important, wouldn't you have more time and <laughs> you wouldn't be doing so much of the work yourself. <laughs> right. I agree. If you were that important, you would have other people taking care of many <laughs> things and you would have, you know, to be more time. And by the way, the free time, the Dolce Vita time, is also, you know, like going golfing and yachting and do all the things that are part of your business because you are creating the relationship. You are networking while you're having fun. So if you're close into, so if you're at that level and you stay close into your, the box of your office, you are missing a lot. You are missing your role. You're doing somebody else's role. Nice. So talk to me about the yacht time, because that to me has always been, or the golf time has been, uh, it, it has been kind of a, a conjured networking time. So how do you create that balance in the networking time of, am I going to spend it with my family? Am I going to spend it golfing or networking? How, how does somebody take that kind of mid leisure time and make it valuable, but not stressful? Okay, so I generally tell them to 
negotiate their me time with the family. So they have the best thing is to schedule time off business uh, ahead. So you have those slots and then you decide how you want to, you know, what you want to do during those slots. And to me, the best way is to really find like half with your family and half with, uh, with uh, like golfing or yachting or whatever. And if your family can come with you all very well. And by the way, the half is not every week the same. It can be that sometimes you are pushing with the golf or sometimes you need to be with your family more. It really depends. And it's flexible. It moves. But you have to have that awareness. And by the way, the golfing or yachting or whatever, you know, lights you up time is the time when your brain is really digesting what is happening, is your creative time, is the time that allows you to take that perspective from the day-by-day -day issues. And then when you come back to work, you have a clearer picture of what's happening because you are detached. You are not, when you are in the weeds, you are in the weeds. So you have to get out, take the perspective, have that the brain needs that time, by the way, otherwise you burn out. Mm. So it's it's really fundamental. And again, it's a matter of negotiating with the family, but first of all, with your team in your head, which is the most difficult team to manage. <laughs> yes, it is. Awesome. So can you give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients? Uh, yes. A client of mine, he came to me. He was, he is, well, a super successful um, consultant, international consultant. And he's one of the go-getter, always on the on the go. And, you know, like his culture was telling him never, never, never to pose. But he was almost burning out. So he came to me and we started working. I have a very quick assessment that I do at the beginning. And we saw, it's like a wheel of life, but it's like the wheel of the La Dolce Vita. So we saw what were the areas of his life that weren't working, those that were working, and what were the uh, primary areas to address? So I really started working with him, uh, analyzing his um, schedule mm -hmm. and forcing him to take time off. And by the way, my methodology is not only about, you know, taking time off, but this is the main part. Mm -hmm. A lot of resistance at the beginning. I can't, it's impossible who is doing that, da, da, da. Then we started working on delegation and communication with his staff and also with the family. And then, you know, he started to implement. And now he he's telling me, I every morning I take a walk. He lives in a green area. So I take a walk around the neighborhood, not necessarily like, but this is, you know, something that really has me go and you know like being focused and he's really letting go of all the unnecessary thing he was um used to do but the thing that weren't you know for his role and that he could delegate um he started to communicate better with himself 
and become to be um, more kind with himself. He had this very serious and strong way. So yes, you can be committed and also lighthearted and started to go out more for aperitivo and for think. And he discovered that during aperitivo, he could do a great networking, knew many other people who could be his clients. So now we did the, we did the wheel at the end of the, of the program that we did together and his life was way better and his business was flourishing, you know, uh, as well. I love it. Well, and to me, it's not so much just being able to take the time and stepping away from the business, but oftentimes it's, that is necessary in order to see weak links break so that you can see what needs to be fixed. And therein lies the dangerous part where people go, oh, I shouldn't take time off. It's like, no, you should talk to people like Angela first <laughs> so that when those weak links break, uh, you, that they have the support to be able to figure out how to fix them faster. So yeah, definitely. So talk to me about that because I see a, a very critical time right when people are taking that time off and they're starting to be nice they start to think, oh, see, that's what happens when I take time off. Things break. I can't take time off. Talk to well, me about that little moment. So, uh, they, so they have to start taking time off in very small bites first. Because if you just decide, okay, I'm not going to, to the office this week, then you don't have as i laugh have, uh, like <laughs> that's not gonna okay happen. okay yes from from everything to nothing yeah chances are that you don't have in place all the processes all the things that allows you to take more time off so and also your people will say oh what's happening why <laughs> our leader is not coming to the office anymore is there you know so you have to really work in increment in an incremental way and analyze the processes and analyze everything so and mainly you have to empower your people and get them used to that so it's not a from night night and day thing it's a long process and again as you said the more you step back the more you see things that a are not working things where you get in because okay, I fix it quicker, but if you fix it quicker, there is a problem. And if you have a seven, eight figure business and you are, you know, like hands on, there is a problem. It's impossible to grow your business if you don't have a team to that you trust who is uh, aligned with your vision and that you can delegate things to. And delegation is a day-to-day -day thing so it's it's really a whole thing that you have to build and you cannot improvise it. Absolutely. Well, and I think that you bring up another good point of of delegating to your leadership isn't just a matter of, hey, this is yours now, because <laughs> that's not no. going to fly either. <laughs> and that there's yeah. a whole new um, training when it comes to responsibility, accountability, there's that fine tightrope that people walk and they're not sure what you expect of them as the leader and how much they're supposed to enforce based on their desires, their past experiences. You know, I would happily take this over, but I think you would not like that. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. And there are two important things here. One is 
you have to let go of jealousy of your creature because you create <laughs> you created the business so you want to be you know the first thing the second thing is um when the business is small everything can stay in your head when the business grows you have to have a very clear idea of what you're expecting from your people so even this like uh, the management by proximity, because you see people, you tell things and how you measure, you know, their performance. Oh, because they, you know, they spend a lot of hours in the office, etc. It's not working. So you have to have an idea, clear idea of the output. And this is not a given. This is not something that, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, and sometimes you really have to figure it out. So, yeah, again, it's it's a long process. Thanks. I love it. So what are some of the stumbling blocks or what are some of the things that somebody might be going through in their business or in their life right now thinking, oh, Angela, I need you in my business so badly. Okay. So the first thing I would say, um, their family members are complaining because they are not able to draw a line between work and life. So they're, you know, like checking their phone all the time. They're also starting, they, they cannot they're not able to really enjoy their free time because they're always thinking about um, what's happening uh, What's happening in the office. Uh, they're thinking that they're working so many hours and that they have to do everything by themselves. So these are some of, some of, the, some of the signs. And also they're starting to have some health issues. So not burnout yet because burnout is another professional, but maybe, you know, like start sleeping worse or, you know, like being, they're starting to work more and to have worse results instead of better results. So easily triggered, you know, their people are complaining because, you know, they're just like nervous all the time. And yeah, these are just I some of them. I know a few of our listeners are going to self-identify with that. So they're going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you? So they can reach me at my email, uh, write an email at Angela at AngelaSanti.it, like Italy, and go to my website, AngelaSanti.it, or even on LinkedIn. I love it. So this uh, may be a trick question for you, but at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Uh, I knew it from my my childhood because I come from, uh, I really is a multi-generational uh, entrepreneurs. My dad was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. So everyone, so for me, it, it was a no-brainer. It's a trap in a way, <laughs> because even if I want to explain to escape being like a self-employed like I am it's entrepreneurship in a way <laughs> that's awesome I love it you have been absolutely fabulous and I appreciate it any last words for our peeps oh yes my uh, my motto is take it easy live blissfully and hurried and to the fullest <laughs> love it thank you so much for your time I know how valuable it is and I appreciate it Thank you very much for the invitation. And hi, everyone. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Ciao. Peeps, thank you for being here today. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow.
Thank you for listening to 7 to 8. If you're interested in upping your speaking game, be sure to connect with our guests with the links in the show notes and connect with me to see how we can help you get your tech done for you and help your speaking dreams come true.